You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Revivals were in the book of Acts, and uh, before we dismiss Acts chapter 5, a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife being privy to it. They brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, this is the first time in this text we're going to see Satan. Why has Satan filled thine heart? The key of any relationship in life is heart. Every relationship must be built off heart. Why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came upon all them that heard these things. The young man arose and wound him up and carried him out and buried him. It was about the space of three hours and after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. You see, the problem was not that they kept back some of the money. The problem is they tried to portray that they were giving, like everyone else, everything were sold out. You see, Satan filled their heart in verse number three, but the Bible says in verse four, thine heart, you have lied. Your heart is wrong. The second time he mentions the heart, and she fell down, and the young men that carried him out came and got her. Great fear came upon the church. The fiber tonight, the fiber of a nation, the fiber of literally a society is the home. You destroy the home, you destroy the nation. We destroy the church, we destroy, uh, we destroy the home, we destroy the church. The church is dependent upon strong homes. You say, well, my husband left, my wife left, and here I am. Don't I count? Absolutely. You're showing the character uh, where the problem was. It wasn't the one that left that's out of church. It's the faithful, godly lady the godly man that day in, day out comes to the house of God and perhaps sits alone or whatever the case might be. We, we need you. God bless you for your honor to God. The home is under attack. God is under attack. This is a, a statement to, to, it's hard to believe it just came out this week. We're one percentage away point of 30%. 29% of people that live in America 
says there is no acknowledgement of God in their life. We don't need God. Well, then go with me to the deathbeds where I've seen people die without God. You'll need God, friend. Go with me when the man calls and says, she walked out on me. You'll need God where she says, he walked out on me. You're going to need God. And we hear it regularly, heard it this week. 29% of Americans say, I don't need God. I don't believe in God. We're atheists in a Christian nation. We're in trouble. We're nearly now one-third, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. I don't need God. The home was under attack. The statistic that came out this week, early in the week, this past week, what is considered a traditional home, a man and a woman and a child or children in America. What would you guess it to be? The number is 18%. We're in trouble, Brother Ross. We're in trouble. You can't have only 18% traditional homes and have a strong nation. You men are going to have to stick through thick and thin, through good days, through bad days, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and health. When she becomes an old crank and an old grump and an old moody person, and when he becomes a big baby, acts like he's sucking on his thumb. I'm not happy anymore in your marriage. Well, put your big boy pants on and grow up. Be a man. It's about time we learn to stick together. This anti-God movement, anti-family is festered in our schools. Our schools now, instead of reading, writing, and arithmetic, teach how you can have an abortion and even without parents' consent. Our schools are teaching and allowing now transgenders to compete against one another. Again, a swimmer won this week. He's had the surgery. He's a man, but he turned into a woman, he thinks, and he won the, the medals, and the girls just stood idly by when they lost to a man. And the nation thinks, and our politics thinks, that's a good thing. That is a wicked, vile, dirty, nasty thing. It's a defiance to God when Eastern religion has invaded us. And Christianity is not allowed, but yoga is. And Muhammad is in our schools. Denver, Colorado this week. Denver, Colorado had a family activity. They said, you black folks... These white people have treated you so wrong. You black folks, you get to have the activity together. No whites allowed. You folks over here, and they separate it. Wait a minute. There is a law in our country. You cannot do that. Truly, by the way, he's just saying it. He taught us to love one another. You want to know why there is racism and hate? If there is, I don't believe there is. I think there are people that have been done wrong. My godly, most godly man I know, Brother Van Dyke, is a black man. 
I sat down with he and his wife a couple years ago, and they were in the South, and they know what it was like in the 30s and 40s and 50s. I couldn't believe when I was in Georgia in 1969, I saw for the first time, I never knew, but I grew up right here. We, we didn't know about racism, but I went to Georgia and I saw a sign at a gas station and it said whites and you could go inside to the, to the restroom and it had a sign colored around the corner. I couldn't believe that was in America. Oh yes, blacks have been done wrong. And there has been a race, and it's wrong, and it breaks my heart what happened. But I want to tell you something. I've been married 49 years this week. I have never in my life had a conflict with a black person. Every black person I've ever talked to, they've not been mean to me. I've talked to several this week, unsaved guys, kind of rough guys, they're so polite to me. I, I, I wouldn't buy into this. We all hate one another stuff. They tried to trap Jesus. What's the greatest, what the Pharisee, what, what is the great, greatest commandment? And he said, the greatest commandment, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, Matthew 22, thy mind and thy soul. And the second is like unto the first, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. If you cannot get along with whatever color or whatever nationality or whatever religion lives next door to you, they're not the problem, you're the problem. We've been married 45 years, had a lot of neighbors in those times. We've never had a conflict with a neighbor. Everywhere we've lived, they loved us, we loved them. I don't understand this. I'm not saying it hasn't been wrong in days. I'm not saying it's not always gonna be right even in the day we live. But look around, this is what you call a great church. Red, yellow, black, brown, white, they're all precious in God's sight. Look at those buses, 29 of them that ran this morning, and look what we brought in. We brought in every nationality and every boy and girl and, and mom and dad. Thank God for them all. But our schools fester this. Government is festering fear. Got you all feared up. Are you listening, government? I know you are. Government, they start us to stir against one another, and government just always wants more of your money. All right, statistic that came out this week. You know how much every house in America is in debt to government right now? If we paid the government but they're borrowing money they don't have. They're not paying their mortgage off. They just want more and more and more. If we got the nation to be debt free, every family owes 287,000, almost $288,000. Government, you're gonna have to stop your nonsense. Government now pays for transgender surgeries. You're gonna have to stop the abortion. You're gonna have to stop the, uh, the giving of drugs and drink in the cities, and particularly in San Francisco, California. Nancy Pelosi, 
this past week said this. She says, what we see happening in San Francisco, she's from that city, is lawlessness. Well, I'm glad she said that. What we see happening is lawlessness. And then she said this, but we don't know what to do. Well, I, I know, honey, what to do. Get rid of you, number one. You, you quit. You don't, if you're a leader and you don't know what to do, you're in the wrong business. You don't, you, I can't believe the, the leading person, the speaker of the house, we don't know what to do. I tell you what to do. Stop the delivery to the people on the streets of drugs and needles and alcohol and, and stop the lawlessness of allowing people to steal from one another and not even allow anybody to investigate unless it's over $1,000. They're allowing people to walk in the stores and steal off the shelves. They have them on video. They can't call the police. Uh, dear lady, you made this mess. And you don't know what to do. The European Union this week. I'm not talking about statistics months ago, years ago. European Union, 24 nations voted unanimously. We will drop all genders. There's no more male or female. Whatever you want. But that's not what this book says. You were born a male or you were born a female. And if you can't figure that out, you have more problems than Nancy Pelosi. Now here is a couple. They were part of the church. They're in the church. They were stalwarts of the church, Ananias and Sapphira, his wife. And they said everybody else is selling their properties and they're giving their money to help other people and help the work of God in Jerusalem. The church was growing. They eventually, real soon, are going to get up to 100,000 people coming to the house of God. They were meeting in fields. They were meeting wherever they could. They were meeting in the streets. They were meeting in the cities. They were preaching the word of God. People, one day, 5,000 came and got saved and 3,000 saved and baptized. And it was growing and going and on the run. It was exciting. Now we're up to 100,000 people. They started selling their possessions and giving them to the church so that the church could advance and go forward. And these members decided that they were going to play the part. They were going to feign themselves. That's why in every church in America this year, people were, last year, people that were here last year, in every church in America, they don't go to church this year. Well, Pusa, they grew out of church. They don't need church. Bunch of hypocrites there anyway. Here's this couple, and they lie to God, and they lie. And God asks a question. Why has Satan filled thine heart? Everything is about heart. James 5 speaks about the physical heart. Uh, Proverbs 14 speaks about the physical heart. We spoke of that about a few weeks ago. But 
God's word basically mentions the heart. It's speaking about one-third part of your brain. That is the emotional, the real you center of who you are. You know your heart, but your mate not, may not know your heart. I know my heart, but you may not know my heart. But you're going to have to guard what you put in your heart. David slaughtered as a youth the great giant by the name of the Philistine Goliath in chapter 17, but in chapter 27, he got so discouraged. The Bible says, and David said in his heart, I shall know now one day perish by the hand of Saul. Is it not better for me that I join the land of the Philistines and the people he fought against and conquered? And it was a mighty conqueror, and he cut the head off of Goliath and he drug it back to Saul. And now he said in his heart, it always begins in the mind. That's why God says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, his mind is stayed on thee. Don't be dwelling on all this negative stuff. I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long. Don't think about social media. Yeah, but I I have a lot of friends that follow me. Three. Three. Your aunt, your mother, and your sister. Three. And your sister doesn't even like you. I have to keep my heart right, my mind right. And it says that when his mind was wrong, it came out of his mouth. And people say things like, oh, I don't know why I said that. I know why you said it. It was in your mind. You put it there already. Guard what you put here. Guard what you, what you think about people that, I don't like that person. I don't like her. I don't like them. For whatever reason it may be. For God so loved the world. This one that came to be born in a barnyard called Jesus was not after his own. He, he came not for, for his own agenda. He said, I'm coming to do my Father's will. So tonight I ask you, how about your heart? There's so many hearts in the Bible. I won't even talk about all the hearts in the Bible, but I will say this. You place, you guard what you put in your heart. I'm not going to go examine scriptures that have not been preserved. This old King James Bible's worked for 46 years around here. And this King James Bible was used in the Great Awakening, one in the 1700s and in the 1800s. And there's been only revival with this old King James Bible. Well, I've got Bibles in my office that have been given me two through the years. One eliminates the word blood every time. They said it doesn't need to be a bloody book. Oh, but without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. The purpose Jesus came was to die and shed his blood. Why? That we might have our sins covered by the flawless, spotless Lamb of God, his blood. Oh, no, 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 I'm not going to allow, allow these new songs that are coming in. 
I'm not talking you can't write a new song. I'm not going to borrow these from the contemporary, the non-denominational. I'm not going to borrow these little praise and worship songs. I'm not bring, when I can have one day he's coming, oh glorious. I'm not going to place great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, crown him with many crowns. Fairest Lord Jesus, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna replace when morning gilds the sky, made Jesus Christ. Yeah, you can try this. Hey, you young and old man that in your churches, you're trying it. I'm gonna tell you something. You're taking the heart and the harmony out of your church, and you will not have a great church in five years. You might have a great crowd, but you won't have a great church. I'm going to guard my heart. We're not having the praise and worship singers here. We're not going to new, new versions of the Bible. We're, we're, we're not getting rid of the old-fashioned altar. We're not going to get rid of it. Not on my watch, we're not getting rid. We're still giving an invitation. People can come. I thank God for the several, many adults that were saved. This one couple over here talked to me this morning. And this, this couple, this man over here and this lady over here, I didn't get to talk to them. People getting saved here. Uh, I, I'm not going to preach and not have some, some opportunity for people to make decisions for God. You see, tonight, everything's changing. Government's changing so quickly. Society is changing. Our churches are changing. Our pastors are changing. Church members are changing. Marriages are changing. Homes are changing. Why? Because their heart has changed. You're going to have to guard your heart. Who would ever think that Christians would buy into this as a marriage? Who would ever think that we would Believe that it's okay to be unfaithful to our mate. But we buy into these things. And we begin to think on them. We think that we've been so abused because we teach holiness and godliness and purity and righteousness and separation. It's sad today when we watch people, their lives crumbling. I see how I'm out of time. I watch individuals and marriages and homes and churches and government change. What motivates people to change their heart? When you're at a church a long time as we have been, and I don't want to get cynical, and I believe every word Brother Chad said tonight, we love you, and I believe that, and those people always, they're the type of fiber of people that will always love. But when people say, I love you, Pastor, it generally goes in this ear and out this year, ear, because I've lived long enough now. I've watched people who have loved this place start to hang around scorners. I don't understand it when you do that. I mean, when your friends say they, they hate the pastor here or hate the church here or against everything about North Valley or North, whatever it is. I don't know why. That's a violation of the Word of God. We'll undoubtedly be turned in again for having a service here tonight, this week. And it's coming from within, telling scorners from without, 
And what you're telling the health department's not true. I tell you what, I'm concerned for some folks that are trying, Brother Bertram, to raise their hand against churches across America. The, the government legislation that's happening tomorrow in Canada, they're not going to get away with it in time. God's not going to allow his per people. You say, well, what about martyrs in the past? God still intervened, did he not? Oh, they got to go to heaven, but it fueled the gospel and doors were open. If we don't have a revival soon in churches like this, and getting right with God, there will be no free America. And why anybody would want to stop a church or a college or a school like this, I have no idea. But I'll tell you what, I don't believe you could touch this church without the judgment hand of God. I don't believe you can. God is using this church worldwide. It's his grace, his goodness. I don't know why we hang around people that have a scorner's heart, a critical heart, a backslidden heart, an angry heart. It's a sober moment. This couple, their heart got wrong. It became wrong, and in doing so, God, God said, I'm not going to tolerate it. You're, you're dealing with the church. Let's keep our heart right this year, shall we stand? Father, as we stand together, our Father, I pray that we, we recognize the home is under attack. The church is under attack. Christians individually are under attack. And yet, God, greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. And Lord, I must decrease and he must increase. And dear God, your word says that I may know him. I don't want to know all about these news media outlets. I want to know about Jesus. And I want to talk about Jesus. And I want to think about Jesus. And I want to meditate upon Jesus. And I want to get to the end of the journey whenever it is. And I want to enjoy the journey I want to enjoy singing as we did tonight and fellowship as we did and seeing their lives to God and their children. I want to thank you, Lord, for the many that were saved today. Speak to our hearts here and over at the other property. Speak in that service right now. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed and your family unit must be strong for God. Would you come today, couples? Would you come, grandmas and grandpas? You say, I'm a widow, a widower. We need you. We need your prayer power on these families of this church and this nation and Christians, that you young Christians, you, you can't get weary with this thing. Paul came to the point as an old man, he said, I, my desire is to depart. I want to go home and be with the Lord. I fought a good fight. I want to go ahead and go. But he said, it's needful for me to stay. It's needful. Young couples, you need a church like this your entire life. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. 
For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.